Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Press Coverage Podcast. I am your host, former NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And like I start every episode, make sure you guys are following the Press Coverage Podcast on Twitter at PressCov Podcast. Also, follow my main account at Eric underscore Crocker. Uh, tons of defensive back content, videos, gifts, interaction, all type of stuff, man. So make sure you guys are following that. I, I'm trying to get the Instagram up and going. I, I haven't gotten into it yet, but I, I'll work on that because I have had a lot of people say, hey, man, are you on Instagram? Um, I do have an Instagram account for Press Coverage Podcast. Same same name as the Twitter, but I just have to get it. I, just, I have to interact more on it. So um, those are the platforms you can reach me on. Also, man, mailbag segments. I, I, I didn't put it out there for this episode, but... Hey, man, all, all questions are welcome. I do have one question, and I'll be answering it. Someone had a press uh, press coverage, like not press coverage of the show, but the technique. <laughs> they had a question on that. So I'll get into that. Uh, sorry there was no episode uh, released last Tuesday. Really, really busy uh, during Father's Day weekend. Um, got to spend a ton of time with my kids. So um, I hope you guys all enjoyed your Father's Day. Uh, all the fathers out there and all the people playing fathers, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed your day. All right, but today, what I want to get into first is contracts, all right? And, and that's kind of what the basis of this show is going to be about. Um, the first person I want to talk about is Michael Thomas. Dude wants a new contract, $22 million per year. Now, to put that into perspective, you have Odell Beckham, who is making, he's the highest paid guy. He's making $18 million a year, and he just signed that contract, like, last year. So Michael Thomas is trying to like reset the entire receiver market, <laughs> and nobody's gonna want to do that. No, no organization is gonna want to pay him twenty two million dollars, and the other organizations are gonna be like, man, hell no, do not pay that dude that much because then whoever the next guy is, you're gonna have to pay him more and more and more, and all of a sudden you're gonna see receivers making quarterback money. Wow, well, they're gonna be that quite that high, but. You'll start to see receivers make a ton of money, and it'll really handicap teams. It's already kind of hurting teams that they have to pay quarterbacks so much. It's just something that you just have to do because quarterbacks are so important. But you don't want to put receivers in that category as well because, one, they don't impact the game as much as a quarterback. They Obviously, they can have an impact on the game, but it's not to the point where you want to pay one receiver $22 million. Not not right now with the current salary cap. Now, as the salary cap goes up, sure. But where it stands right now, no. $18, $19 million. And, and is he worth that? All right, because my, my Michael Thomas is good. But one, he's kind of had the luxury of playing with Drew Brees. Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Drew Brees, first ballot. Easy, right? Easy. Super Bowl award winning quarterback. And he's still good. Now, does he still have... I, I, he was never really known for his arm strength, but, you know, just the accuracy and the, the offense that they're in with, you know, Sean Payton, their head coach, who's calling the plays, running his offense. They work very well together, and I think they've made things a lot easier on Michael Thomas, being able to use him in that big slot role, being able to use him outside. And, and I'm not diminishing uh, his talent that he has, but $22 million, all right? So if you just kind of look over his first three years, 321 catches. That's a ton of catches over three years. So he's averaging, you know, if, if you know, look at his averages, over 100, 100 catches per season. All right. That's great. Over 100 catches per season. He's average. He's 
his yards, 3,700 yards, almost 3,800 yards. Great. All right. Great. That hit well over 1,000 yards per season. All right. Um, closer to what? 12, 1,300, 1,200 uh, yards receiving per, per season. 23 total touchdowns. Great. All right. Great. Great, great, great numbers. They, they are very good. But when you put it next to the guys, all right, now let, let's just take Odell Beckham because he's the highest paid guy. All right, I'm not even going to add uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who's been going crazy with whoever the hell he has throwing him the ball. I'm not even going to add Julio Jones, who's going crazy every year. I mean, these are guys, Julio, what did he have, like 1,800 yards recently or 1,600 yards, 17? I mean, he had a season, 136 catches. So Julio's going crazy. Um, I'm not even going to go with those guys. I'm going to go with Odell Beckham, who right now is the highest paid receiver in the league. And I didn't even mention Antonio Brown, who's making a ton of money uh, and putting up crazy numbers, 15 receiving touchdowns last year. Michael Thomas isn't those guys. All right, so I put his numbers out there, 321 uh, career catches, 3,700 yards, almost 3,800, 23 touchdowns. Now, if you look at Odell Beckham and what he did over his – first three years he didn't quite have as much catches he didn't quite have as much catches um average slightly under 100 catches per season but he had a ton of more yards he had over 4,000 yards during that time so he had a few hundred more yards than him uh his average yards per catch 14.3 so he's been he was more of a big play guy so maybe you know you throw the ball to michael thomas and you know he gets more catches but what is he doing with it? And he's not Odell. He's not Odell with the ball in his hands. Odell's yards per catch, much better. And then you get to touchdowns. And I think this kind of gets overshadowed because the last year or so, Odell's kind of missed some games because he's been banged up. But the dude had 35 touchdown catches in his first three years. 35 touchdown catches, first three years. All right. Now, again, Michael Thomas. Nothing to sneeze at, 23 touchdowns. But Odell Beckham, 12 touchdowns more during that same time period. And, I mean, dude, that's that's a full season's worth of, of touchdowns more than what Michael Thomas had, all right, in his first three years. So I, I think part of this is the, <laughs> part of the issue with even having to pay Michael Thomas right now, which, I mean, I guess it really doesn't matter because his numbers aren't going to go down. But he was supposed to be a first-round draft pick. I had him as my wide receiver one in that class. I can go back. I can pull up the receipts. Y'all can see it. He wasn't taken in the first round. He wasn't taken the first receiver. I had him as a first receiver. He he wasn't taken there. He wasn't even taken in the first round, which I think is still crazy um, that he didn't go into the second round. Uh, fun fact, when the 49ers traded up to get Joshua Garnett, I thought they were trading up to get Michael Thomas. I was completely wrong. And I actually had a little insight on that. Uh, my guy, Eric Rogers, who was coming from the CFL, had a monster year. Had a monster year in the CFL. Um, balled out. Had a ton of options uh, from the NFL teams after the season. And he told me that, and he didn't tell me this until after the fact. I was at one of his games. This was after he tore his ACL. Um, and this is under the Chip Kelly regime. But they had told him if he signed with the team, the 49ers would not draft a receiver high and they they didn't so i think that might be why why the 49ers missed out on michael thomas but um yeah his numbers man when you compare him to odell beckham 
it's not even close as far as the first three years of their career. So in the NFL, it's not like, you know, the quarterback and receiver positions aren't the same. I don't think you have to pay Michael Thomas over the market value of him just because he wants to demand that type of money. So he's probably going to get franchised. Like I said, he ended up being the second-round draft pick, so there's no fifth-round option on him. I'm really curious to see how that whole thing plays out. And if he does get paid... $22 million like he's asking for, which is $4 million per year more than what Odell Beckham is getting. That's going to turn the wide receiver market upside down. So I hope that doesn't. Well, it's not my money, but as a 49er fan, if somebody's balling out, I hope they don't get paid to the point where, damn, we can't sign nobody else. And that's me speaking as a fan. As a football player, man, get your money, bro. Get your money. All right, guys, we've got an announcement to make. Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's is fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design and quality, durable, Blades at a very fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for the razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that has been making quality blades for over 95 years. So join the 10 million who have already tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. So again... Make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for just $3. Now, the next person I'm going to talk about, contract stuff again, Jalen Ramsey. And I love Jalen Ramsey, all right? So Jalen Ramsey came in. You know, I did the whole polls thing with the uh, receivers, I did with the, and then I did with the cornerbacks, right? Everybody voted. You know, I had hundreds of votes. And the way I kind of constructed it, Jalen Ramsey ended up being by far far the number one cornerback in the league by far it wasn't close so everybody at least on twitter they feel that Jalen ramsey is by far the number one corner in the nfl now if you look at some of his numbers um you look at pff numbers in 2017 it was like a 91 i'm kind of going off the head i know i saw this before um and i don't take everything on pff as bible i'm just going off of kind of to kind of put things in perspective he had a 91 PFF score in 2017. Uh, 2018, it was a lot lower. He dropped down to like 70s or something like that, something crazy like that. All right. Now, what it doesn't take into account is Jalen Ramsey follows number one receivers around. So if you have a team where, you know, you either have a boundary corner and field corner or you have one corner that just stays on one side of the field and they're not following receivers around, okay, well, you know, they, they, they're not going to get targeted as much as Jalen Ramsey, and they're not going up against as good of a receivers on a play-in and play-out basis. If you watch any game uh, with Jalen Ramsey uh, against the Houston Texans, who they play twice a year, you will see Ramsey following uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Everywhere Hopkins goes, Ramsey goes. So, you know, th- th- that's tough. When you're doing something like that, yeah, your numbers are going to take a little bit of a hit. Same thing uh, when the Jaguars played the Kansas City Chiefs, right? They played Kansas City Chiefs, 
And who's he on? He's following Tyreek Hill. And that's an even tough matchup because you have Jalen Ramsey, who is a bigger corner, 6'1", 200-plus uh, pounds, having to follow around a 5'10", you know, shifty, quick, and the, probably the fastest player in the NFL, you know, everywhere he lines up. So he's having to have some really tough matchups, really tough battles. And I think even with those, man, he, he's playing well. Now, what do you pay him? Because we just talked about the whole Michael Thomas thing. And uh, do you want to pay him more than Odell? Probably not. But now you have Xavier Howard, who just got five years, $75 million, who's now the highest paid cornerback in the league. Jalen Ramsey looking at that like, Xavier Howard had a decent year. I, I think his interceptions numbers kind of boosted him a little bit higher than how well he really played. It's like, man, he's not he's not me. I'm pretty sure that's how Jalen Ramsey's looking at it. So now you guys got to pay me like $80 million. And what he was saying was, hey, if you guys would have paid me last year, you know what, I probably would have taken a discount. But now I feel kind of disrespected. And, you know, I'm the best corner in the league. Now you're going to really have to pay me like it. And the the issue is cornerbacks in the NFL, that's a premium position. You got quarterbacks, pass rusher, cornerbacks. And you have somebody who's the best in the league. So they slapped their fifth-year option on them, which I, I don't know the exact amount, but I'm pretty sure it's a pretty penny. It has to be upwards of $10 million, probably more than that. You know, But I guess over the next two years, I think they would only owe him – with the, dang, the, thing, the thing with these franchise tags, Jalen Ramsey can play out his four years and then his fifth-year option, and then you can franchise tag him, and that he be six years. He may not become a free agent until his seventh year where it's like, damn, now, now I'm 28 years old, <laughs> you know? So the, the NFL, they can kind of handcuff you a little bit. I'm interested, interested to see how that whole thing plays out, but I can only imagine that he's going to end up being the highest-paid cornerback in the league, and they'd be fools not to pay him. All right, and now for the last contract dispute I'll talk about today. I don't even know if this is a dis- dispute, but Dak Prescott. And, and I know cornerback, receiver, podcast, but we're going to talk about this because this is the contract episode. All right, Dak Prescott, what the hell are the Cowboys going to pay this guy? He's another guy just like Michael Thomas where you don't have that fifth-year option. So you have to either pay him a new contract or you can uh, possibly franchise him. Now, the franchise tag for a quarterback is a pretty penny. So I'm pretty sure you want to get this deal done. Now, the issue is Carson Wentz. The, the Eagles jumped the gun and signed Carson Wentz. I, and when I say jump the gun, they, they probably did what they were supposed to do with him coming off of an injury. Okay, we could probably give him for a little bit cheaper because if he balls out this year, then we're going to have to pay him. The market's probably going to go up. Let's just get this deal done now. And that's probably what the Cowboys should have done with Dak Prescott. But maybe they don't feel the same about Dak Prescott, right? He's won a ton of games. That's the argument you hear. Then they throw out numbers. Hey, look at their numbers. They're kind of similar. Uh, uh if Dak Prescott, if Carson Wentz is going to get this, then Dak Prescott, oh, he has to get more. Look at his numbers. And as I ah, pump the brakes, uh, Dak Prescott has played eight more games. And, yeah, Dak Prescott has played eight more games. I'm not looking at the numbers right now, but I know I've seen them recently. Eight more games. He has thrown, like, less yards than Carson Wentz. Like, maybe one or two more touchdown passes 
again, eight more games played. Uh, and he has thrown around, it's like around the same interceptions. But um, Carson Wentz, man, four years, $132 million uh, extension, uh, $33 million per year. Dak Prescott wants to come in around $34 million. Now, the issue with it is, is Dak, Dak Prescott a $34 million quarterback? And with quarterbacks, it's kind of hard because if you're just if you're a starting quarterback in the league, that you're you're just gonna get what the market is, even if it's not something that you deserve. We saw that with Matthew Stafford. At one point, he was the highest paid quarterback in the league. He hasn't even has he won a playoff game. He hasn't even won a playoff game. So you got Matthew Stafford. He was the highest paid quarterback in the league at one point. You have uh, 49ers Jimmy Garoppolo who only started seven games before getting his contract. Now, granted, he started out 7-0, and he looked good. And But when a quarterback hits the market, you have to pay it. You just have to pay it. So the Cowboys, you're in this predicament with Dak Prescott. I mean, they, they really already don't even have much cap space, and you have a few guys that you have to, to pay. I talked about uh, Michael Thomas getting his money. Well, Amari Cooper is going to be looking like, okay, well, I, I want my my money too, and you guys traded a first-round draft pick for me. So what are they going to do with Amari Cooper? And then you got Dak Prescott, and then you have Ezekiel Elliott coming up. And then you have uh, the cornerback, Byron Jones, who I think had a top-three season last year. You have his contract coming up. So the Cowboys are going to have some really big decisions. I, I guess on one hand, Whoever's in charge of your draft room, they're doing a great job because you have to pay guys you drafted. They just paid uh, Demarcus Lawrence the previous year, and you know. But dang, you know these premium positions, having to pay them, it's it's tough. It's tough. So Dak Prescott, what do you guys think? He 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 gets it. It has to be thirty four million because what will a team do for you know to to sign Dak Prescott if he was a free agent? You know, and kind of think of the team that you root for, you know, just looking at the demographic of my followers. I know a lot of who you guys like. But, you know, say if I'm the – not Houston Texans because they, they have a good quarterback finally. Uh, Jaguars, they just signed Nick Foles. Buffalo Bills, man, there's not a lot of open quarterback spots right now. Uh, New York Jazz, Patriots, no. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of too many teams that need quarterbacks right now. Not at the top of my head. Um, there are a lot of uh, young quarterbacks around the league, a lot of veteran quarterbacks in spots. I'll be interested to see what the Vikings do. The 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 thing that they kind of messed up with is they paid Kirk Cousins all that money and it's guaranteed. So I don't really think they can let him go. They'd probably have to like trade him to a team that would like just want him. And even then, you have to get him for like. Man, what is it, 87 million guaranteed? So he would have two years left. I don't even want to do that math right now. But anyways, a lot of money. <laughs> All right. It is a tough position that the Cowboys are in. I think Dak Prescott is a decent starting quarterback as long as he has Ezekiel Elliott. But um, as long as he has Ezekiel Elliott, as long as he has Amari Cooper, he's fine. We, we saw his entire game change once he got Amari Cooper. Now, and if you look at how he's played, like just him specifically, because he, he gets a lot of help. We look at his record, man, that Cowboys defense is strong. And there are a lot of times where this dude throws for 150 yards and, and they win the game. I don't think he's the reason 
I do think he helps because he's able to improvise and make some plays on his with his feet. But to pay that guy uh, $34 million a year, I don't think I could do it. So that's it on this contract talk. Went over uh, Michael Thomas, Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard having a lot of money that might impact what uh, Jalen Ramsey does. Uh, Carson Wentz signing for a lot of money that definitely will impact what uh, Dak Prescott does. We'll see how that whole thing works out. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable just rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show that 70% of guys who experience ED do not get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your very own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is very simple as well. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that the treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in a discreet packaging right to your front door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get it checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with the doctor. So just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. All right, so um, I'm going to answer a question right here uh, at the end of this podcast right now. And you guys can excuse the whole booming going on behind me. I think there's some, like, fireworks going off. All right, but... uh, I got a question from a guy, Kirion. All right, and this guy, he's a defensive back for Hertfordshire Uni, uh, Great Britain. That's pretty cool, man. Great Britain under-19 team? What is that? Is that like a league? If you can let me know, I know you uh, messaged me, so maybe I'll reach out to you and ask you about that. All right, so Kirion, um, he said, Hi, Krog. I love the podcast. Thank you very much. I love the podcast, too. Hey, and, and, and speaking of that, man, I've actually gotten some love um, from a few people. I ran into somebody today um, at a camp, and he was like, hey, man, I listened to all the episodes of your podcast. I'm all caught up. And I was like, man, like I had never met this dude before, but I mean, that's pretty it's pretty cool. And, and and I've gotten other messages from from some people where uh, a, a kid I uh, worked with before, he was like, hey, Croc, um, do you have a podcast? Because I was listening to this podcast that one of my coworkers was playing, and I swear it sounded like you. And I'm like, yeah, I got one, man. So um, that's pretty cool, man. Hey, I appreciate all you guys for listening. Um, I appreciate all the love. All right. But, um, hey, here we go. Hi, Croc. I love the podcast. You were able to answer my question on Catch Technique on episode four, I believe. Um, I was wondering, would you be able to do a podcast on press technique and the little things that you have learned in your career? Many thanks. So it is many is many thanks. That might be like something they say where he's from. So um, I'm assuming he means like thanks a lot. All right. Um, press technique. Okay. It. I was at a camp today and I worked with some kids and you you see everybody want to be super overly aggressive. All right. You, you that's what I see a lot. Everybody wants to manhandle a guy at the line of scrimmage. I hear people that never really played the game. And the first thing they say is, oh, man, 
you, you're, you're lined up and pressed. Why don't you put hands on the guy? That's what you're there for. No. <laughs> All right. No. Press coverage is an alignment. Jamming is a technique. All right. So jamming, that's when I, you know, really forcefully try to put hands on you. Press, press coverage is just an alignment. So that's where I'm lining up in front of you. Just as if I was to line up in off coverage, all right? When I'd be lining up off coverage. But press coverage, I'm lining up in front of you. And to me, what I teach, the goal in press coverage, all right, is to stay as close to the receiver as possible throughout the route to force the tightest window throw possible. Now, however you do that, if you are able to get hands-on, which Hopefully you can. You're not that far away from a guy, but, you know, there are a lot of twitchy guys and there are guys that are, you know, really quick off the line. Maybe you can't, but I need you to move your feet first. All right. So it's kind of like playing basketball. If I'm lined up in front of, say, Steph Curry, right? Say I'm lined up in front of Steph Curry and I want to guard him. I'm not going to put my hands on him to try to stop him. Right. What am I going to do? I'm going to slide. I'm going to move my feet. I'm going to move my body, right? And I'm going to use my body to stay in front of him. And then as he tries to, you know, turn the corner on me, I'm going to put my hand on him and kind of ride him, all right? Uh, same thing with press coverage. Feet before hands. Move move your feet first. And then once you get in position to shoot your hands, go ahead and shoot your hands to try to make a little bit of contact, but not to forcefully just stop a guy. Now, especially that the higher up levels you go, more times than not, you're not just going to stonewall a guy. All right? You're, you're not. Now, it, it might be a guy that is super big and slow. Yeah, that guy's going to be easier to get hands on. But a lot of these quick, twitchy guys, if you try really hard to get hands on, your feet are going to stop and you're going to put yourself in a very vulnerable position. All right? So the one uh, thing that I, I, I think I'll say uh, – that sticks out to me the most, man, is, or the best advice I can give, feet before hands. Feet before hands. And then there's a lot of things that come, you know, off of that. Um, follow my Instagram page, uh, at crocktime underscore you, and I put a lot of examples on feet before hands. Shoot, I put a lot on the Press Coverage Podcast uh, Twitter page. All right, so check that out. Um, I'll DM you some examples of this. Um, the right way I feel that, you know, to work press coverage and yeah, man, I'll give you some good examples of that. Man. Hey, thanks for the question. And it, it is a big thing because I, I, I see a lot of these camps where guys just want to manhandle somebody and they try so hard to be overly aggressive at the line of scrimmage that they, they end up putting themselves in a vulnerable position um, once a receiver gets past them. All right. So feet beforehand is my guy. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Press Coverage Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Sorry about the fireworks going on behind me. I don't even know what's up with that, man. It's, it's June. It's not even July yet. But, uh, hey, make sure you guys subscribe, rate, and review. I appreciate all feedback. And I, I'm a very, you know, when, I, when you're an athlete, man, I don't know everything. So, I, you know, you guys have feedback. You guys want to hear certain things. Let me know. All right, let me know, and I'll make sure I address all that. Uh, keep the questions coming. I'll open up may- mailbag segment, maybe early in the week, try to get some questions built up um, so I can answer more things on the next episode, man. But, hey, I appreciate you guys. Check back in next week right here on the Press Coverage Podcast.